You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, White Sox fans. The Rep Valentini here getting to host a very special gallows humor edition of the Southside Sox podcast. It is number 43, but first in the RIP category, hang another uniform in the dugout. Luis Robert, that Pantera is broken. Unfortunately, uh, Joe Reeses, it maybe is his fault. He's joining us here. Super Joseph Reeses broke the news for us on site. Uh, coming out of that Rick Hahn news conference this evening that told us really not only that the Pantera would be out potentially the entire year with a torn hip, he's broken, but Adam Engel had a setback that no one was aware of, and he's just still not going to play. By my calculations, that means it's almost assured that 72% of our starting outfield starts will not happen uh, this year. So we're already at about Best case scenario, a quarter of our starting outfield will start this year. So uh, with me, we have Crystal O'Keefe and Super Joseph Reeses, 100% once again, attendance from the Indianapolis field office of Southside Sox. Straight out of the Southeast now, it's Tommy Barbie. And of course, Colleen Sullivan reporting from the cave. Apparently there's a snake attack going on somewhere in the household. The uh, no, little pantera is after, no, okay. Little pantera is after the snake that's on the porch. All right, <laughs> snake attack on the porch. Not appropriate for a day like today. Well, we got the terrible news, obviously. Uh, and we've, um, I, I think I even admitted to you guys uh, uh, as we were discussing the breaking news that I was actually nervous to hear this information as if I was going to be public speaking somehow, because I don't know if it was a sense that it was going to be devastating news or the fact that they were calling a press conference is very ominous. And I just thought, 
wow, he is not going to play again this season. Uh, you guys, uh, reactions, anything different or anyone optimistic among the crew? Well, like having watched the game yesterday and watching like how he went through the bag and then how he reacted, I honestly thought he broke his ankle. Um, and when they're, oh, he just, he just pulled his hip. I'm like, eh, there's, there's more going on because with how he went down and how he was not getting back up, I'm like, it's, did he dislocate his hip? <laughs> like, yeah. it, it felt like there was going to be more that was coming out anyway. Um, so I'm not that surprised. I'm more surprised that Adam Engel had a setback at this point. Um, because I also was wondering if he died in the same accident as Eloy. <laughs> Because we haven't heard anything about him. Yeah, like in solidarity, he was going to maybe uh, take some of those left field starts. So it's like, hey, I'm just going to go down with you. Yeah, for a guy who made, he he tweaked it sort of like making a throw or, or, or not even his most spectacular catch yeah. by any stretch. And yeah, he's he's essentially six feet under at this point. Uh, maybe man, he sees man. that there's like a dumpster fire and he's like, you know what? I, I'm still not okay, guys. I, I need to take some time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my other dumb calculation, because I'm just throwing stats out, apparently, because I guess I'm the stats guy. Come on, Super Joe, step up. Uh, it appears now that, again, sort of best case scenario, and that includes what we would have expected Angle to start. Already, 27% of the starts we would have counted on from our core starting lineup, and that includes Grandal uh, being all banged up and, and not, for some reason, getting only two-thirds of the, of the available starts. Tim Anderson, of course, his yearly injury maybe has already happened or maybe still got another one. 20%. 27% of the starts we would have expected already out the door. Uh, and that's best case scenario of everybody. If no one gets hurt the rest of the way, uh, we're already out about a quarter of what we would expect from this vaunted offense. And uh, again, reactions from in, in, any of the rest of you. Earlier you had asked if any of us were feeling optimistic as far as looking at this season from and really this team's future from a macro perspective, I'm still fairly optimistic about it. I mean, the Twins have gotten off to a cold streak, which I certainly didn't expect. And obviously, I certainly didn't see your mean Mercedes's breakout coming at all. And that certainly helped in a big way um, and has certainly helped cushion the blow of losing uh, Jimenez, of course. Um, as far as just the near future, though, we're looking at it from a micro perspective. I'm still very sad, obviously, and I'm not looking forward to the next couple of weeks um, as, as there's pretty much no doubt that we're going to see a lot of Jake Lamb, uh, Billy Hamilton and Larry Garcia um, as now they have even even more reason to get playing time. And that just isn't really ideal. And I anticipate being a little bit antsy seeing uh, in anticipation of what the front office is going to do to address this gap. Oh God, it's getting scared. Joe, all right, let me terrify you. You're looking too smooth and too optimistic right now. You, you, you uh, name check your mean who's been great, but he's played one month of baseball. Adam Eaton has been playing out of his head. Um, Yoan Moncada has been great for the team. Okay, we would have expected that. Tim Anderson has been terrific in limited time. Nobody else. I don't know who is. At, at, at this point, they're all dying, so nobody can step up. Luis Robert was having a dynamite year, uh, fulfilling your uh, preseason prediction of best White Sox uh, position player of all. But even the guys who are doing well, Yermin has carried this team, and he's a guy who wasn't on the team last year. 
That is true. You did. I don't believe you mentioned my guy, Nick Madrigal, though. He's he's I think he deserves a mention as someone who's played well enough for the team. He's recovered since that first road trip of the season where he was very bad, uh, admittedly. But since then, I've really enjoyed what I've seen from him. But yeah, that is true. Um, Certainly some reasons to be concerned. And uh, yeah, really would be helpful to have Jose Abreu hit the ball again. And uh, because obviously it was a, a very rough first few weeks for him. And having him recover would go a long way. Are we sure that Jake Lamb didn't do some kind of Tanya Harding thing to Luis Robert? Did he loosen the bag somehow? Well, it's, not anyway. it's not like he needed to do anything. <laughs> you never know. He, he, just, he, he just wasn't sure. He wanted that extra playing time, even though Tony's going to give it to him anyway. He just had to be sure. He read everyone's tweets <laughs> yeah. constantly. I, I will say, and I don't, I don't know who I can credit because I was just doom scrolling on Twitter earlier, but someone pointed out, you know, if it wasn't for all of these injuries, we would not have your mean right now. So it's kind of one of those, let's try to stay optimistic on who the next man up is going to be and who's going to come in and be Mercedes number two. Um I, again, I, I don't remember who even tweeted that out because everything is just a blur right now. But <laughs> I'm this- trying so hard to think there's another guy that's going to come in and he's going to actually do something. Who knows? In this is it going to be Tommy's guy, Micarodolfo? Yeah. <laughs> Micarodolfo, right there. Right there. <laughs> that's the scary thing. Okay, again, let me throw some stats at you because apparently that's my thing. We're one sixth, we're exactly one sixth of the way through the season. The guys we're counting on to fill in here, Andrew Vaughn, uh, baseball reference wise, projected uh, 0.6 war. Billy Hamilton, somehow we're counting on him now. He's a core player, 0.6 war. Nick Williams, of course, gone, sort of. He's somewhere. Uh, in his limited time, he did only the damage of minus 0.2 war. Jake Lamb, zero. Leori Garcia, zero. A guy who actually performed well, Danny Mendick, was on track for three war. He's starting in Charlotte. Uh, again, Adam Eaton, a guy who's projected for three war right now, you would not have expected, and Lord knows he's going to his his knees and shoulders and head are already buckling, right? Every other play in right field. It seems like it's only a matter of time. Uh, so yeah, why not Mike Rodolfo? Because who, Blake Rutherford, Mike Rodolfo, Luis Gonzalez is going to get first shot. Second half will probably be where we start to criticize perhaps once again, because it's very tedious to do so, but the off season, because that's why we're in this uh, pickle. And I know, Brett, they're 15 and 12. Shut up. They're, uh, they're in second place. Well, <laughs> with every one of these moves, the Kansas City Royals get closer to somehow stealing the American League Central this year. And it's great that Joe thinks that the Twins are doing terrible. They're crappy. So, you know, we're, it's going to be handed to us. But <sighs> somebody, a, 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 a life raft, please send one out. <laughs> I don't hate Billy Hamilton as much as everybody else. Hey, I don't hate him at all. He's good. I mean, but now he's a core, he's a core guy. I know, like, that's that's really all I have to say about that. Like, I don't hate him as much as I hate everybody else. A fair assessment. All right. (laughs) Maybe they'll bring Danny back up. Like, that's my only life raft at this point. Please bring him back. Like, I agree with that. I'm confused as to why he got sent down. Like, 
why is Jake Lamb here and Danny Mendez in Charlotte? Like, that doesn't feel right to me. Hmm. Maybe the dancing for dubs was insincere <laughs> last year. It so. like it. Mature. It's like Nick Madrigal with the uh, 3,000 hits uh, uh, comment. Uh, yeah, the dance. Yeah, T- uh, too feisty, too confident. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> yeah, especially under the current regime, eh? Um, all right, well, I'm well, standing. Yeah, I'm stanced out. Um, so, uh, and all the stats are bad. Um, so maybe what is good? J- Joe gave us a little bit of optimism. And of course, this division is there for the taking. This isn't the end of the world. But I mean, how many more guys are going to go down? Who are the who are core players? I mean, Yohan Makata, you know, I won't say hanging by a thread because he's been kicking ass. I mean, he's been great, especially coming off of a coronavirus season, which actually wasn't terrible last year either given the circumstances Abreu's been absent uh Grandal has been absent Nick Madrigal okay you know for sure okay Tim Anderson if he can stay on the field projecting for a phenomenal phenomenal year Adam Eaton better than we expected but that's it you're mean okay you're mean uh you know you're mean that's it that's not that's not even with this starting rotation which again not that could be a second half thing knock on something on that I don't know if this is a division winning team anymore Okay, Jake Lamb is going to get the walk-off oh. run in the World Series, and we are all going to be eating. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. We're all going to oh. be eating our words um, God. when he's hoisting a lovely no. trophy and flaunting no. his ring. He'll be no. our Jeff Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> Am I allowed to talk about the rotation at all? Obviously, uh, that's not the main point. That's not the main thing that we're talking about today. But am I allowed to mention it? You are, Joe. But you know what? This gallows humor has been so fast and furious. Let's just use this as a spot to break in the middle, and we will allow <laughs> you to blow more sunshine up all of our collective podcasts, listening and watching asses with talk about the starting rotation in just a second. We'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey, you hear that funeral dirge? It's faint. It's faint. Well, you are watching and listening to podcast number 43, one we never wanted to have because it is the um, rest in peace. Luis Robert, Pantera has fallen. Again, another jersey will be in the dugout, surely hanging. There's going to be batting gloves worn or uh, Pantera wear, uh, Under Armour wear uh, on everybody's bodies for the rest of the season until somebody else falls down. And as we broke, Super Joseph Rhesus, 
had some optimism about the starting rotation. And let's face it, that is the, that's been the bright point all season long. So Joe, lay it on us. One of my biggest concerns, if not the biggest for me, was the back end of the rotation entering the season. And obviously when Carlos Rodon was signed to that one year, $3 million deal, I, I couldn't help but think, okay, that's not, that great. I mean, that's obviously inexpensive, but it seems like it's aiming kind of low. And I, I was vouching for Jose Quintana to come back at the slightly higher price, but obviously Rodon has been out pitching Quintana by a very wide margin to begin the season. It's still early, but there has been a major gap between those two. Quintana had one of the worst months of his career. Rodon had probably the best of his career. Um, so that's certainly a good thing to see. And um, hopefully that as, as for Dylan Cease, who was also uh, started the year at the back of the back end of the rotation, um, that last start he had was oddly efficient and he had no walks and nine strikeouts in the seven inning shutout. That was very strange to see from him. You know, he kind of fired on all cylinders that, that, game and um that kind of reminded me of that start that Giolito had in early 2019 against Kansas City that he had to be removed from an injury it turned out to be a minor injury luckily and he came back and um was a beast down the stretch of that season um but yeah that's like short start he had against Kansas City I think it was in that actually the Tim Anderson bat flip game against Brad Keller um like I I remember watching like watching that game, seeing people's reactions to it, and then watching and then seeing like the baseball savant um, like metrics behind it, and I was like, okay, something looks very different about Giolito. I hope this is a long term change from him, and luckily it was. So hopefully, I got a kind of a similar vibe with that last cease performance. So hopefully, we see more of that. Soon. Super Joseph, I am contractually obligated to remind you that Carlos Rodon is the by far highest value pitcher on the White Sox right now. And that could be taken as a good sign or a bad sign in that the rest of the rotation will catch up and it will be even more dynamite than it is. Or that uh, that performance is is somewhat on fumes because Rodon has averaged, I believe, 13 starts per year in his career. So I'm not wishing for it. I hope the guy wins the Cy Young, but uh, it could also be uh, one-sixth of the season uh, mirage. Uh, okay, we're on this hot topic, even though I tried to just douse um, Joe with cold water there. Uh, let's keep the good vibe going, maybe about the pitching staff or something else to be optimistic about on this day of all days. I mean, the pitching has kept them in it this far. I, you you mentioned how few of the bats are hitting, yet the White Sox record and run differential is what it is, where it's among the best in baseball. So that's there's signs for optimism there. Um, you know, the other part of it, frankly, is that I we've seen the influence of Tony La Russa in terms of the roster build, and it's obvious that despite his statement of there being depth they know that there isn't much depth there and I have to imagine that where previous managers may not have the political clout to say hey I want this kind of player on my team that might actually get to happen this year so you know you you do have to look at it with some optimism that 
it might not be Rick Hahn fishing in the scrap heap like it is in previous years. It might actually be we're getting somebody and yes, we might have to sacrifice a, a prospect or two, but you're actually competing for this year. It's unfair to compare Liam Hendricks and Jake Lamb on every level, of course. But yeah, yeah in, in, in a series, go out and you get, get a guy, uh, maybe fueled by Tony. Yeah, they go out and get the best closer in the game. In a, well, okay, he's the 26th man, so who gives a damn either way? Okay, then they got Jake Lamb. Uh, mixed results, a little frightening, but yeah, you're right. Uh, if the chips are down, maybe it's, you know, let's go out and get that guy. Here's, here's the scary thing. Rick Hahn's done pretty well trading. Granted, he's had some pretty good currency to trade with, but he hasn't given that currency away. And he's actually reaped, I think, a lot better back than he's given out, even though, you know, Chris Sale, Prime, et cetera. Um, are we scared at what that might yield, especially if it's Tony Field? What, what is the type of guy that Tony is going to want? We're talking like this guy's going to be managing for five years, uh, is going to go out and get out there on the market. Is, is that frightening? I think that's already been alluded to in this podcast, but is that a scary proposition? No commitment from anyone. Heavy sigh. <laughs> I really hope he's not around for five years. Like, and I will fully admit so, that I did not. Years. God, I hope not. I will fully admit that I did not go into this optimistic that Tony LaRusso was going to do well. Um, I am usually and? not. <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm usually not one to manager bash, but I was, I was very pessimistic about it. Um, there have been times where some of the stuff he's done has worked out. Like as somebody who personally hates when we bunt in stupid situations, like it's worked out a couple of times. However, there have been a lot more instances where he's fucked up managing wise than he's done well. Like he's left Giolito in too long. He's put in foster when he shouldn't have he didn't call in Hendricks in a high level situation and like why are you paying Hendricks all this money for him to sit on his butt you know like yeah Colleen when a- you are citing um bunt calls working out a few times maybe as your primary if not your only um evidence the one time okay the one <laughs> I am I still mean- the no bunts 2020 person all right like it, it worked once okay but I'm not like we don't have a lot of depth right now. We have a lot of injuries. We do have a good pitching staff, but I'm not optimistic that as we get further down the road, that Tony's still going to be able to manage this team. And I know that there was an article this morning where it talked about how the clubhouse didn't have confidence in him and it was divided and all of this stuff. Um, but he's been out of the game for 10 years and there's still, a, there's still a learning curve a month in. Like, okay, well, at what point are we going to actually – legitimately criticize him as hey this was a really bad idea here's why and have the white socks you know box scores to back it up yeah, it seems like he has a it seems like he safely has a year uh and and yeah. to those comments uh i don't know if that was the espn article or what but uh there I was always an ESPN question, one and a 670 to score. I always question yeah. that stuff because I, I wonder sometimes how much that has to do with, uh, right, especially the position of the Bob Nightingales and the, and the, the, the Passons of the world, um, because their job is to have this, this, this vibe. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like the whole um, anonymous quote. 
Um, you can do a lot of crafting when you're writing doing that. And I'm not saying there aren't clubhouse issues. Clearly, I do think there'd be clubhouse issues upon hire, even though they were all uh, uh, swept under the rug because TA bought in a little bit and Giolito was sort of excited and okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I always wonder when it's you know just sort of these murmurs. You know, I think sometimes that serves the agenda. It could turn out to be true. And I'm not going to question, you know, that the, the ESPN writer is, is you know, top notch, but uh, sometimes that speaks a lot more to the writer. And I don't even say agenda. It's just uh, the desire to be in the know. Um, it's just curious. So we'll, we'll see what more comes from that. Uh, although, of course, Giolito has already essentially thrown Larusa under the bus. So uh, that is definitely strike one uh, in, in along the lines of the clubhouse um, disharmony. And, and you assume it's got to be there. You do assume it's got to be there. Well, and there was, and I, you think back to 2016 when there was a lot of discord in that clubhouse. I mean, and, you know, Adam Eaton and the Drake LaRoche shenanigans aside, there was a lot of anonymous quotes coming out about how the clubhouse was divided, how the culture was bad, nobody was getting along. Todd Frazier was fighting with somebody. And it all turned out to be true. So I think because the team does not leak that often and we don't hear this all the time, I'm more inclined to believe it. Like this isn't the Yankees. This is not a team that's always swept up in the media. It's not the Cubs. It's not, you know, it's not these teams that there's constant gossip about and shenanigans around them. Like it's very rare that we hear this kind of stuff. That's still nothing. It's still nothing to really grab onto. So it's sort of like a guy saying, well, there should be. So there probably is. And let me see. I'm going to gamble that in two weeks we're going to hear more. And so then I'll turn out to be a soothsayer. But I'm a naysayer. I think it's just Adam Eaton again. (laughs) You know what? With Colleen from earlier. I think that, yeah, you were the one that said that. I, I think it's just him back again. He talks about like, oh, the Diamondbacks had a bad culture and the Nationals have a bad culture and the White Sox. And like every time he everywhere he goes, he gets better all along. I mean, yeah, yeah. we know. Yeah, I'm like, so well, maybe it's you, Taylor Swift. I, exactly. you know. I was about to say. So what we're all saying is if we can just get a 19, late 1970s softballer uniforms retro night going and get some lay scissors out just randomly yeah. around the clubhouse. We might have the break. We may sort of like, it's like ripping off the bandage. Maybe they need, maybe they need to push that kind of promotion up somewhere in May. So we can just sort of get this all taken care of. And LaRusse is gone. Eaton's, I don't know, he's managing some a single A team somewhere. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Coaching high school baseball. <laughs> oh my God. That, yeah. That's a red ass job for him for sure. You know that's going to happen. <laughs> he probably already is. He's managing one by remote control somewhere uh, somehow. Uh, I had a really uh, another astute question to ask, but it's escaped me because of the cartoon nature of all of this. So uh, please, uh, someone more opining on the situation at hand. Melky Cabrera is available. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I already said Chris Bryant. Somebody laughed at me. I'm staying with it. You know what? The Cubs hate Chris Bryant. I would not be mad if they sent him to us. Like, with how much they hate him. It's just kind of like, would that really happen? Like, it's it's kind of like the Jose Quintana trade, where it's like, okay, would that ever really transpire? 
Listen, they put him in center field today, so they're just like, hey, look at what he can do. Do you want him? Yeah, we're going to end up with, like, Josh Reddick or something. Let's be real. We're not getting Chris Bryant. The Cubs are saying, hey, if the option is your mean Mercedes in center field, we got Chris Bryant. He's played some outfield. Yeah, Yeah, we're going to end up with, like, Josh Reddick and Jorge Bonifacio or something. Yeah, I've told you guys, uh, listen, uh, Han is not going to make it. He's not – he's, like – He's got so much currency with the Cubs now. He has this to coast off of and get free drinks off of the rest of his life from Sox fans. He is never going to make another trade with the Cubs. He can't no. possibly risk, as alluded, the Quintana deal because and, and it could happen if he if he if he gives away. I think somebody else mentioned uh, sending the other Tatis and a, and billions of dollars to Colorado to get Charlie Blackman. I could see that happen. He's like, oh yeah, sure, we'll do that. I can do another Shields deal uh, with the Cubs. No. I w- I w- I'd be excited. I would, but. Yeah, that's not. The Cubs are going to want, like, the keys to Fort Knox to give up Chris Bryant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Despite how much like they hate grade. him. Yeah. Look yeah. what you Despite put us through. Despite how much they hate him. It's our fault. Look what you put us through. So, eh, little eh, give me a tip. Exactly. Yeah. Anything else out there that, that I mean, uh, 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 Han said today, I believe, didn't he make some odd, you know, he likes, he, he's got some colorful comments and didn't he say uh you want the juice uh, and then you got to like measure what the squeeze is or something i mean it did not seem like we should be excited about the prospects of a trading time real soon nothing on the front burner no no i mean there's there's really not a lot out there and timing wise this is one of the worst times for an injury like this to occur because enough time has passed where all of the spring training opening day rigmarole that always happens with rosters, that's all finalized. And people now are kind of figuring out where they are until it gets closer to June, July. No one's going to want to make a move unless it's somebody that's on an alternate site or in waivers DFA limbo, but there's not a lot happening right now. We might actually end up with Yassiel Puig, won't we? (laughs) (laughs) there's got to be another outfielder in the mexican league (laughs) that might melky cabrera (laughs) okay now now i've come around uh is um is this an indictment of the offseason i feel i'm far too far too harsh um i I don't think i am but i'm sure somebody's going to say that the same people who defend people like phil rogers are going to say what are you talking about? What are they supposed to do? They're supposed to anticipate injuries or how are you going to get Jock Peterson to come to the White Sox who have World Series aspirations because he can't be guaranteed to start every game in left field. Don't you just load up your team when you're in the window of uh, uh, contention? And if you talk to 10 guys, so nine say, no, I got to play 162 games if I sign. One guy's going to say, hell yeah, I'm coming to the South Side because I want to be part of a winning team. The yeah. Dodgers did it. How did the Dodgers get <laughs> everybody in the world to play for them? They were terrible. They were bankrupt. Major League Baseball took them away from their owners. They are deep in depth. (laughs) Can we get that? But also, too, I mean, even going into the season, and one of the reasons why I made my prediction about Nick Rodolfo is that you looked at the outfield, and no, I didn't envision that most of the outfield would be dead by May, but you – can't anticipate Adam Eaton playing 162 games when his player history never had that in the cards. You can't predict 
Eloy playing 162 games where he has a fight with a wall or a net every time he's out in the outfield. Even Robert, you don't know what that's going to look like over the course of a full season. So it made all the sense in the world to have additional depth there. And it's just a combination of not having the foresight to sign guys, even on minor league deals, just to load up the possibilities. And also it it speaks to the draft class for the White Sox too, where they aren't drafting guys in the later rounds to even serve as bodies that you have on hand just in case these things happen. And that's what the Dodgers are really good at for all the free agent signings that they make. They have a ton of draft picks that have worked out just as well. Even the Cardinals, when Tony LaRusso was there, that was what made them so dominant is that they drafted guys that fit roles and fit needs. And the Sox don't have any of that right now. And for those of yeah, you they think Cespedes is going to be uh, the guy who might somehow come and save, he's not yeah. even on a roster of a full-season minor league team, so I think they're taking him slow. So and nothing from the minors to come to rescue. Mike or Adolfo aside, and who knows? You know, at some point they're going to bring somebody. Maybe Jake Berger's going to end up playing left field for this team. I don't know. It might happen. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Oh, yes. Yeah, so you make a very good point, Tommy, about the, the drafting history. Uh, yeah, it's been a struggle to identify players who can fill in uh, toward the end of the draft. I mean, I guess Adam Engel is one of those rare pieces who was, you know, he was drafted in the 19th round and he's been able to fill in at an above replacement level level of play um, like during his career overall and you know obviously 2020 was his best season but um, yeah he's been kind of an outlier in that sense as far as you know being a useful player at the major league level who they were able to find in the uh, latter portion of the draft but uh, overall um, yeah there's not um, their drafting history lately has left um, a little bit to desired um, as far as like the ability to spot depth pieces there. As far as free agency, I would have liked to have seen more effort from them in the offseason. Although, like, it, I will cut them a little bit of slack as, you know, obviously losing Jimenez and then Robert this quickly into the season. I mean, yeah, you do kind of – you can't really be that surprised when injuries happen and be better prepared than, you know, having Larry Garcia and Billy Hamilton as, you know, the next best options. But – uh, it it was still a very unlucky circumstance how how this all happened you know at the end of spring training and then you know May second uh, so and then Jock Peterson's name was floated out there and yeah he was a guy who I definitely wanted them to get during the off season uh, but you know he's obviously off to a very slow start this year so I'm not too upset about that one at this moment. <laughs> Super Joseph, you're trying to tell me now, I'm not a sabermetrics guy, so explain this to me. You're telling me that the the last three high first-round position players of Zach Collins, Andrew Vaughn, uh, and Jake Berger all being DHs is, is, not a, is not a smart baseball strategy? I would say it probably is not. Yeah, that is that is right. Okay, thank you. Wow, that was good intuition by me. Um, ah, 
optimism going forward. This team is uh, the run differential is uh, extraordinary. Um, it definitely their run differential uh, betrays their record, which tells me that Tony Lusa hasn't done a good job so far, and the team perhaps has been unlucky. You tell me which it's more. Um, but they are in position. They're in a weak division. Um, are we uneasy about what we're going to see in the coming weeks? Do we just got to navigate through May and then hope that things get better? I think we just need to get through May and get them back into where they feel like they can gel with one another and get right back on track. But I, I think it will be fine once the house is no longer on fire. Um, it's been on fire for weeks though. I know you just, <laughs> you, you just have to somehow get through it and hope that somebody will wake up, whether it be Jose Abreu or just someone that you used to be able to trust. You just have to hope they can wake up and get through May and then maybe smooth sailing and maybe the man of steel will be back before we know it. For those of us who don't have a second team, I don't know, like the Mets, we don't have another house to move to. So it burning down to the, to the foundation. We just got to we got to, then we got to just pitch the tent. Hope it doesn't rain too hard. If there's one thing you can learn from the Mets, okay. it is that if the bullpen ruins the game for you, if you're not the Mets still. And you can have a terrible outfield and still inexplicably be good when playing the Phillies. Oh, okay. Well, if we could just navigate ourselves to that, like maybe get traded to the uh, NL East or I don't know, something. Uh, yeah. Okay. That'd be good. Hey, listen, there's a lot of optimism here. Okay. We're going to wind up <laughs> podcast number 43. Uh, I don't think we've really provided too many solutions for anyone, but there has been some optimism. There is reason for optimism. Having the starting rotation kicking ass is a great foundation piece going forward. Having the Royals be the only team in front of you, keeping you from the playoffs is a terrific way to be optimistic going forward. So, mm-hmm. hey, optimism abounds. Uh, Pantera, our thoughts, our prayers are with you. Uh, we will look forward to right. seeing your uh, jersey hanging in the dugout right next to Eloy's. And uh, I listen, thanks everybody for listening, reading, watching. Thanks all you guys, Crystal, Tommy, Colleen, Super Joseph. Thanks for joining me on this very difficult evening. Uh, but we got another ball game tomorrow night and it's opening day for the minor leagues as well. So good things coming. Uh, stick with us.